Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So, if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review. And if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you, everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Orcast. With me today is Ellen G. How are you doing, good sir? Hello, Orco. I'm doing fine. Thank you. That is that is great to hear that you're doing fine. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an indie game developer. I come from Central America, and I've been in the business for a couple of years already. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so first things first, since you have been a couple of years uh, in the business already, just just tell me and the audience, how did you actually get into the games industry? Oh, um, I originally used to make uh, custom games for a little game called StarCraft, uh, StarCraft 2. I made mods there and I slowly start, start to realize that I actually like making games. And ever since I was little, I remember I like to just draw little uh, drawings on paper. And I always like to imagine like a little bigger story going on behind the drawings and that ended up translating to me liking to make these uh, stories with where little characters will go around going in adventures and doing all kinds of stuff. And a combination of do- both of those ended up creating my uh, inspiration to start uh, making games professionally. Okay, that is a very interesting story. So, what exactly did you do on StarCraft and StarCraft 2? Um, I used to make uh, a little series called Survivor Zerg. I'm not sure if you've heard about it. It's basically a an actual survival where a group of players are dropped into an arena. They're surrounded by lots and lots of enemies, and they have to stay alive until the counter reaches zero and fight any enemies that come their way. Uh, the latest entry I made was for StarCraft 2 called Survivor Zerg Evolution. Uh, I think I released that one back in. 2014, maybe earlier. Oh, okay, uh, that, that's not even that far back. Yeah, I've been working on those mods for a long time. I think combined, it's probably around eight years in total. Would you would you consider your mods a success? Um, I would say so. Uh, the first few mods were a little bit lackluster. Um, it started kicking up a little bit with the third one I called Vengeance. I spelled it wrong, by the way. <laughs> little me couldn't quite understand where the E went. Um, then in StarCraft 2, I started with Rebirth. Originally, I had the, one of the first persons that played the game tell me that it was like really bad. But he also told me to not let that discourage me and to instead use it to build something a little bit more. And eventually, with the two mods, I ended up making for a little bit some of the highest rated mods in the entire StarCraft 2 arcade. And it's and up to this day it's still like up there in the top 30 I wanna say. That is very impressive actually. Uh, so you started essentially out as a modder. How did that experience as a modder help you making your own games? Uh, it actually gave me a little bit of practice and basic knowledge on how to like get an idea and how to put it into 
a computer, basically. Um, at the time, I didn't know it, but I was basically learning how to code. Uh, I learned that because when I was, I went to college and I started taking programming classes and at one point I was like, hey, this this kind of looks like what I used to do back when I was doing StarCraft and it turns out, yes, it was actually the same thing. And it gave me a little bit of a safer environment to like try to create something of my own and play with code and play with ideas and see what stuck. Yeah. Interesting. So, you have currently one project out on Itch.io, and it's called Aerostrike. Uh, Did yes, you... I actually... Yeah. Yeah. It... I was gonna... <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna say that I actually have two games. I have Attrition and I have Aerostrike. Okay. That was my other question. If you have any other games out, and what is Attrition about? Since it's a project you have out too. Uh, attrition is, is a... 2D turn-based strategy game. The main gimmick being that each turn you roll a dice to determine how far you can move your troops and that you you only have one troop type so you have to focus a lot on movement and planning ahead and figuring out things as you go. That doesn't sound uh or that sounds interesting let's let's put it that way. Um so let's come to Air Strike. This is your current project as I understand it right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um so, I played a little bit of it. It is a pretty wild mixture of, I would say, a classic shoot 'em up like Gradius, for example, and a Metroidvania. Yes, that is the intended combination of elements. I'm, I really like playing uh, shoot 'em ups back in the day, and I also have made a few of them, like little things, in my own free time. So, I really liked the thematic about it and also metroidvania i'm a big metroid fan and i thought hey it would be kind of cool if we actually combine both of those i mean why not you can't combine everything uh these days so if you if you look at your game um so the development is it finished or are you still developing it uh, i'm still currently developing it right now um in the process of finding a publisher so i can put it on steam and that will require me actually connecting the game to Steam for achievements and whatnot. And I also want to, in the future, hopefully implement a gamepad control so you can just plug in a controller and play with that instead of mouse and keyboard. That sounds interesting, um, because I would personally prefer to play it with a controller. <laughs> That's just yeah, me. Yeah, I get that. Um, do you have, apart from like generalized saying it's a shoot 'em up combined with a metroidvania is there a specific game that inspired you to make aerostrike a specific game i'm not 100 sure but i think it's a combination of various things i've played in the past like obviously stuff like uh, metroid and various uh, shoot 'em ups uh one that i actually haven't thought about a lot in a while but i do remember quite fondly and really helped me out in getting an idea of how I wanted this game to be was a little game called Alien Shooter. Um, it was a twin-stick shooter for the computer and it gave me the basic idea of how it will feel like to control with a mouse and keyboard and how to handle the camera. Oh, I remember Alien Shooter. Uh, that one is old, really old. It's from 2003. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I, I would say that's not a bad influence to have, because I also remember that Alien Shooter was quite well received when it was released. Um, I mean, like, the, the price point also helped, because I think it was fairly cheap. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a good, it's a good, um, role model to have for your, for your game, I feel like. So, you say you like to play shooter maps. Tell me a little bit about your favorite shooter maps because what you might not know is that you have like a total fucking shooter map nerd here next to you. Uh, my favorite shooter map, that's kind of hard for me to say. Um, I remember playing this one called Tyrion 2000, I think it was. Uh, I remember seeing it from a YouTuber playing it and I was like, hey, this looks kind of cool. And I decided to play it and really enjoyed it. I also briefly played um, Ikaruga. I was not good at it like at all. I could never go past the second level but it i had fun with it still i i i, I will tell you something as a total ikariga pro which i'm not <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, God. Just, I'm just kidding no uh i i played it back on the dreamcast i have the nintendo gamecube version here i have so many iterations of that game um and basically what you have to do is to train it um it's one of my personal favorites if not the best together with Mushihima sama for me yeah, it's a really good game and, it, and the ability to switch um different colors and absorb certain bullets just changes how you how you perceive and play the whole game entirely yeah by the way they just released a radiant silver gun um which is somewhat of the predecessor of ikaruga uh, they released that on the switch oh, i'll have to check it out later yes you definitely have to <laughs> Um, so, but, um, what also interests me a little bit, because you were actually, yeah, you're the first person I interview from South America. Uh, I don't, I just know a little bit about the gaming scene in South America. Um, for example, I know that in Brazil, for example, it's really hard to get video games because of because they are like absurdly taxed or something and um I i'm just curious how it, it, overall how did the scene the video game scene the the as a hobby develop in south america um actually i'm from central america not specifically south america okay, but central we are neighbors uh, we're neighbors so we're all in good terms um as far as the games the game development scene it's complicated and in general, it's a lot of people that are really inspired by video games and want to make their own uh, for their own ideas or to uh, or are they inspired by other people. Um, on the business side of things, uh, several countries have tried different things. I know some have uh, tried to pass various laws to kind of help the scene develop a little bit more where they either get government funding or government assistance to help market the game to a wider audience. Some places like Brazil specifically, if I remember correctly, has a one of the biggest um, indie game, uh, what do you call it, conventions where people just go there. It's basically like their own version of an E3. And through those things, the scene has been slowly developing over the years. I've also seen various game development teams show up in news networks and helping promote them, basically. Um, and specifically, uh, like, I know those, those questions are probably kind of... I don't know stupid or whatever um but i i guess that it's kind of harder uh down there to like get 
your hobby and what you want to do as for a living because I guess you want to be a game developer for a living, correct me if I'm wrong here? I really want to be. Okay, so um, I think it's hard to get like the recognition for your hobby and, and what you want as a job, right? Yes, um, over here the, uh, the idea of a video game is still among the people that usually um, pass this kind of laws, it's a little bit outdated to say the least. Um, many people don't see video games as more than a kid's hobby. And some don't see past, let's say, stuff like Pac-Man or Super Mario Bros. Stuff that it's very, very early into the game development scenario as a whole. Uh, so when you're trying to tell them like, look, we, this video game has a lot of potential. There are similar games out there that sell millions of copies. It has uh, a lot of potential to grow into something bigger and we can use it to basically create like a hub for the region. And they just don't usually see that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So for, for you, do you, do you like, um, how would I put this? Do you have to fight a lot to get like, recognition or are you just somebody who says okay i'm just putting my head down i'll just do my thing and it'll work out i wish to say it was not that kind of thing but yeah i do um uh, still struggle with putting my head down and um trying to head a little bit away however i have been working on getting my game notice and trying to talk with various people to help me promote the game trying to look for a publisher to help me market the game kind of trying to move the game around so that to bring it to the say to bring it out into the light so people know that the game exists and that they might actually like it and they can play it and have fun with it okay so far when you when you look at Aero Strike, um you're probably a solo developer right yeah do you have anyone on commissions who helps you with certain things or did you do all yourself? Art, coding, sound, everything? I know, I actually did commission. And specifically, I commissioned the art for the game, most of the art. Um, the, the various ships of the games, they are all commissioned from the same guy, except one specific ship. Um, the doors were also commissioned. And the UI was uh, commissioned as well. And the backgrounds, there was another artist that I commissioned for it. But... Um, the coding, um, the music, the design, that was me. I did that part. Okay, that is still, still impressive. So you uh, didn't really have, uh, or you, you really just had basically help in the art department. Yeah, I'm not the best at pixel art. I've tried a few times, but it doesn't quite connect with me. I can imagine how something looks, but I just can't figure out how to make it look like that. I mean, you don't have to be the best in everything. You know that, right? <laughs> so it's completely yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, um, is there is there anything else that inspired you to make Aerostrike? Like, I mean, it's obviously a science fiction shooter. Are you... Apart from shooter maps, you like science fiction, I guess, because you also played a lot of StarCraft. Yeah, um, I really like the Star Wars, um, the whole thing. Um, I used to play a game in the Nintendo 64 called Star Wars Rogue Squadron. And it, it basically gave me the idea that, that flying around with a spaceship is kind of cool, you know. Okay, that is also interesting that we go back to the N64. Uh, what has been your first console or your first game you ever played 
that stuck with you? Uh, my first console, I believe, was the Super Nintendo, and uh, the SNES. And the first game that I remember playing it, I think, was Super Mario World, actually. And my family bought the console for my sister and various games, and we just played a bunch of them. Other games that I remember were... Zombies in my neighbors and Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat, I remember that too. <laughs> Those were the times. Yeah. Do you. Um, wait, I lost my train of thought. Give me a second. Yeah. So, what is one game that you played and where you said, I wanna make one of these? I, I probably know the answer, probably, but like not necessarily your favorite game of all time, but like a game you played and then said, yes, I want to make a game like this, or I, I just want to make games. Um, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I've thought about it for a while, but I, it doesn't come to my mind any specific game that made me like decide to become a game developer. Like I've always liked the idea of making games ever since, was, ever since I was little. So like that was already an idea that was gonna bloom eventually. But I honestly cannot recall like a game that I played and just stood up and said, okay, this is the one, let's go make something like this. However, I would say that one game series that might have done that for me if I had played early enough was Earth Defense Force. And the Earth Defense Force series is just absolutely fun. And if there was a game that would have inspired me to just get off my chair and start coding something, it would have probably been that. That sounds... Uh, actually, you're the first person who says the EDF series would be a, such a huge inspiration. I'm glad that somebody finally acknowledges how cool this series is because there's nothing like the EDF series out there. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah. Uh, so he here comes the here comes the really hard question. What is your favorite game of all time? Oh, my favorite game of all time. That's a tough one. Uh, for sure, I have to put EDF somewhere at the top. I'm not sure if the best game I've played at all time, but it's certainly one-off. It doesn't um, have to be the best one. It just have to it has to be the one that, like, you say, oh my god, this is absolutely fantastic. I think I, I personally would not even put, like, a total mainstream title up there as one of the best games of all time for me, for example. Um, in my case, I think it will probably be... I'll say a couple of ones. Uh, Earth Defense Force for sure. Uh, Warframe is also one game that really is really good in my opinion. And for the third one, um, at the top of my head, I think I'll give it to. Oh, I know, uh, Luigi's Mansion. Good choices. I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, so when once you're when you're done with your current project, Aerostrike. Do you already have plans for the future? Or are you more like, ah, I think I should finish this one first? Um, right now, I do have plans for a sequel. Yeah, I have plans for at least two sequels, honestly. But I'm not 100% sure if I'll be able to develop them. I really wish I could. If everything goes right, I probably will. But and uh, that's still a little bit in how to put it it's it depends on how things develop from here on okay are you full-time in the dev or do you have like a full-time job by day and you are in the dev by night um right now i'm full-time in the dev and that's 
part of why I'm able to um, release content on a relatively fast schedule overall. But like I said before, in, depending on how things develop, it might change in the future. It might change, yeah, yeah, obviously. Do you work or did you work in tech before you went into games or what did you do before? If I may ask, you don't have to answer the question. Um, well, um, I began my professional game dev career back in at the end of my college career, um, my graduation project actually was Attrition, my first game. I developed it with uh, with a partner at the time. Uh, she took care of the graphics and helped me out in one of the songs and with the visual design. I took care of the design of the game itself and the coding. And that was around the time where I began uh, focusing more on how to make a game an actual game, not just a mod. And I used that as my graduation project to kind of give a little bit of light to people that video games are more than just a little pixel moving around the screen. Like there's a lot more going behind it, especially to uh, college teachers that are really interested in seeing students use their knowledge to create something or to make something a little bit bigger, let's say. That doesn't sound too bad. So basically you have been, since you're out of college, a game dev. Yeah, very much. Nice. Uh, so it's it's basically, that. that's also something that's actually quite rare, that somebody comes out of, his, of their education and goes straight into gaming. Like I talked to a few people and I think everyone was like, oh yeah, I did something else before that, something completely different. I had somebody on who who did something with children before he went into game dev, so you are actually the first one who had like this straight trajectory out of college and making games. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty interesting to hear. Um, yeah, ever since I was little, I was like, I want to make games, I want to make games, so as soon as I got the chance, I just took it. That's amazing. I'm also happy for you that you really have the chance and can do it. So, Aerostrike, what engine are you using? I'm currently using uh, Game Maker, uh, Game Maker Studio. I remember taking a class back in college, an extracurricular class, where they explain how the engine works. And ever since then, I stuck with it. I just kind of connect very well with it. It does what I needed to do. And what it doesn't, it, I can usually figure out another way. And it has treated me okay, all things considered. That sounds not bad. Um, so Game Maker, uh, I don't have a lot of insight on. Is, is Game Maker, do you have to do a lot of coding or um, how does the engine work? Um, the game engine does provide an option to use what they call drag and drop, which is Basically, well, like the name suggests, dragging various um, commands into um, a window where you can go through that. But it also allows you to focus on the coding itself. I personally work with code almost exclusively, and I find it a little bit more versatile and a little bit more in line with my knowledge from college. And it's overall worked well. I've heard some people making crazy things with the drag and drop system. Um, I'm personally using RPG Maker, so they are basically a little bit similar. Would you say that? Uh, sadly, I don't have a lot of knowledge with RPG Maker to kind of say. I mean, it's also drag and drop. Like you have your you have your tiles. It's all tile based in RPG Maker. You have tiles. You construct stuff. You do. It's an old engine. Um, it's based on java i believe javascript or java i i don't know 
it, it's I know it's different from one another Java and JavaScript or whatever. Um, but it's it's based on that. It's like really old, really old stuff. And they want to release a update in Unity engine this this year, next year, whenever. But that doesn't matter. Like I personally think that. Uh, Drag and drop always sounds a little bit like um, RPG maker stuff. Um, would you be willing to learn like a new engine or like coding if you if you say okay, I need I want to do a bigger project. Um, so now is the time to get better at something. W would you do that? And if yes, which engine would you use? Um, yeah, I personally would say that I will be willing to learn something else. Um, I've been hearing a lot of um, both Unreal and Unity. I've tried to use Unity in the past, but I couldn't quite connect well with it. I found like certain simple things were a little bit overcomplicated. Over For example, um, to rotate an object on the screen, let's say your spaceship, in Game Maker, you simply just give it an angle and the, the game will simply rotate the ship into that angle. In Unity, you have to create a vector, from my understanding, um, and you have to give it like a direction to look at and it's not completely straightforward like you would think uh, if I remember correctly like zero degrees which you would usually consider straight to the to the right in unity it's I believe it's straight up and 180 degrees is straight down and anything in between can be either left or right so you have to kind of figure out which way it is have you ever think of using the godot engine i actually haven't heard a lot about it until recently yeah and what i've heard about it it's pretty good so yeah i could actually give it a look at some time as well yeah uh, i i try to learn a little bit of godot on the side but it's uh yeah there, there's a lot going on um so before we now go a little bit into to talk about the video game industry um, you have the stage, you can tell people everything about your project and where they can find you, so basically just tell everyone what's your Twitter handle and whatnot and everything else is also in the description, so all links are there, and uh, if you want to check out LMG's work, just go to the description, click the links, and here you go. Okay, um, so my Twitter handle is at LMG2X4GameG. Sorry. Um, I have a. Sorry. I also have a YouTube channel, LMG3864, and I have a, an itch.io page, uh, LMG3864 Games. Sounds good to me. I will post the links, like I said, in the description. And now let's move on to the video game industry. Are you up to date on the current happenings in the video game industry or are you more uh, detached to it and say yeah, I'm, I don't care about any of this shit and just... Um, I'm, I'd say that I'm somewhat detached and not because I don't personally care but because I don't always like stay around and check everything that's going on. Like I recently heard there was some debacle with Twitch specifically and I kind of didn't know it that was going on until recently. Yeah, I mean, Twitch Twitch is just ten, tangentially, the video game industry is also not really what I mean. Um, I'm more like 
focused on current happenings like for example when the uh, <clears throat> when the CEO who I call lovingly John Rigatoni and despite him being called John Riccatello the former uh, CEO of Electronic Arts is also is the CEO of the Unity engine and he said that uh, each or, or every indie dev that not thinks about monetizing their video games first is stupid as shit. Oh, I've heard about that, but I don't follow that very closely, let's say. But I did actually hear about that specific happening. Yeah, well, what are your personal thoughts when you hear something like that? Um, well, I personally have a little bit more insight into not only the development side of things, but also the business side of things. And while thinking about how you want to actually make money or make a living out of a game is important, but the way she phrases it and knowing the background of the company itself, it's probably not the the positive side of the that they were intending. I mean, the, the, the thing is, and, and I think nobody argues that indie devs shouldn't think about monetizing their product as well. But what he specifically meant is microtrans stuff like microtransactions, loot boxes, all the good stuff nobody likes. Yeah, and that's when things just go south. Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like that's that's the big problem or the big issue here that um, he did essentially just um, put the monetization aspect of something that is more or less a work of art or a very creative um, work uh, above everything else, and you know what happens when you start trying to commercialize art. I mean. We don't have to talk about games are one of the most commercialized art forms in existence of humanity. Uh, but yeah, um, you, of course, you have to make money. But do you really want to make all the money in the world? Is that your end goal? That's where the things really start to grow into problems. I remember back when the loot box extravaganza was going strong and a lot of games started to fall victim to it. Um, I think that was around 2017, I remember, where it kind of peaked and the whole uh, Star Wars, what was it, uh, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2, that decided to just go full onto the loot box uh, shenanigans and that basically exploded in their face. Up to this day, the game still has a bad reputation for it. Yeah, that that that's what I mean. I mean, it's like uh, people should in any way, like, not um think about this like monetizing stuff so hard and that's that's for example another trend that's like going on at the moment is like this i feel like it it is a divide uh for um between indie developers and like more or the the, the big publishers where the big publishers try to squeeze every last dime in some way out of their audience and the indie devs are actually more interested in making still games instead of monetizing games if that makes sense would you yeah, agree to that yeah it really feels like we're heading in that direction specifically uh, partly because the big companies are focusing on the business side of things how to uh, continually grow in this industry while indie developers are usually just trying to create something that they really like that they really love and that they want to share with with others and 
it's shifting the whole development perspective of things where one side is focusing almost exclusively on making more profits while the other is focusing almost exclusively on creating new or inspired experiences. I personally, if it was possible, I would love to just make games and not have to sell them. But because of how things work, it is a little bit of a requirement to actually sell your game. Of course. Um, do you, like, is there is there currently a trend where you say, apart from monet monetization, um, that you dislike in the gaming industry? Um, I would probably say uh, the little, how do I put it, like the schedules that some big companies seems to seem to have um, kind of focused on, specifically on stuff like getting a game out in time for the holidays, so that when Christmas and whatnot comes around, uh, kids go out and buy their stuff. So big companies kind of want to have a game out by that time, and usually if the game is not ready by that time, it doesn't matter and we just push it out the door and let people buy it. And if they don't like it, oh well. So the release now fix later mentality that's prevailing in a lot of projects. Um, I, I would actually say a lot of indie projects aren't also safe from that. But I feel like when it comes to indie games, it's more, uh, a res uh, more of a restriction when it comes to, a, when it comes to budget. Apart from, like, we have to appease the investors because indie, indie studios normally don't have investors. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's something I think is, um, yeah, is, is, uh, is, is a thing. Um, is there a trend currently going on where you say, yeah, I like that, that's, that's something good, more of that? A good trend that's going around, that's kind of hard to say. Not because there isn't, but because I haven't really thought about it in a while. Um, however, I do, I, I do like seeing like indie games and indie developers getting a little bit more light in recent years, it feels like, where um, in between big title releases, usually people find little games made by indie developers and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, another another trend I personally enjoy is that the indie um, scene is more and more empowered. Like, it's so much easier to get tools to create your own video game than it has ever been before. You have all the tools you need at your disposal. Yeah, that really makes things a little bit easier. Although it can also be a little bit of a double-edged sword because the more accessible something becomes, usually the higher the expectations are for someone because let's say there's, let's say um, uh, because, uh, how do I put this? Because something is easier to make, usually people that have a lot of skill make something really big with it. And the general audience starts expecting everyone else around them to stand up to that standard, basically. And it starts to escalate where people expect bigger things and better things. There are exceptions, but it can make certain things, how do I put this, a little bit less viable, so to speak. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I, I also would add to that that um, if you, if, if we go and say it's a double-edged sword, I also feel like that you get a lot of subpar products that try to prey on the cons consumer because I'm mainly sit on the consumer side still uh, and 
that is also a problem because people can really quickly cobble something together and make it look all right in a trailer or whatnot and then you know the the entire unity asset flip stuff that is that thankfully died down now but you still have these odd products here and there yeah we all remember that time where steam suddenly got flooded with a lot of those yeah uh and so the i mean there are still asset flips out there but it gotten a bit better and I feel like uh, we need to maybe just in not in general but like try to um, get an understanding and I feel like but that that's a human problem in and of itself that we finally get an understanding of what each and every single person is capable of doing and whatnot because like you said one person might be super talented and then just goes all out and makes like an amazing product and then somebody else who also wants to make a game has that dream but isn't as capable of, but also makes a solid product. He he should basically he should basically also get recognition. I feel like, and I feel like that's always something that's being a little bit like or, or comes a little bit short. And uh, yeah, but but um, do you do you play any games at the moment, or is that like with every death where you say? Hmm, Okay, um, I can't play games anymore since I'm a dev now. <laughs> yeah, actually, playing games is part of the dev work. Partly because it gives you and it lets you experience other things and see how not only the industry is moving around, but how people have figured out to do various things. But also, it lets you, like, if you need to figure, uh, how do I put this? For example, if you're trying to make a shooter, you're gonna want to play various shooters to see what things you like, what things you don't like, what you can add, what you can improve on, what you can change. So playing games around is a pretty important part of the business as a whole. As for what I've been playing lately, um, I've personally been playing uh, Genshin Impact, and I've been playing the new updated, the new environment, the forest is extremely beautiful the story is really good as well and i've also played um a little bit of azure lane a mobile game mm -hmm. um yeah so you you so you still game once in a while because i also had like i mean you you're probably i don't i don't know much of your private life but i also had like devs on that had family and whatnot and they obviously can't game as much as they want anymore when they deaf have family and then uh, there is not much time left. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, how can video games save the world? How can video games save the world? Yes. Mm, that's a very tricky question. That's uh, why I ask it. <laughs> I think the biggest part is that they allow people to uh, learn things they wouldn't otherwise learn, experience feelings and settings they will otherwise never experience. Uh, for example, I one of the games that I really loved playing uh, was a little game called Spec Ops The Line. Uh, that game came out back when the whole Call of Duty clone thing was going on, so a, a lot of games were uh, uh, playing off that basic formula, perhaps a little bit too much. And this game came in and showed people that the way 
they were developed the designing the games in terms of story structure was a little bit tone deaf to say it light and that perhaps we should focus a little bit more on what the actual game is about i would i would actually even argue that um to some extent the spec ops the line did put an end to all these call of duty clones and we only thankfully have call of duty at this point and people like or, or studios realize uh, they don't people don't want another call of duty they want something different because call of duty already exists perhaps but it also i've seen that it has actually affected quite a few people in, I personally was affected by that game in seeing how stories are portrayed. Where yeah, that, that that's that's what I'm. I mean that not 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 only how the story is portrayed, but like the story itself put an end to all these Call of Duty clones because it was highly critical of them. Yeah, that really that, that helped a little bit the industry. Yeah, that that was kind of my point as well because the you know the industry is pretty notorious from for trend chasing, especially when you see that like big publishers they usually start trace, uh, chasing trends. We had it with the Call of Duty clones. Now we have it with the live services. Usually it doesn't work out all that well if everybody just wants to get in on the same action. So yeah. Um, but that's an interesting point to make, uh, or, or you, you made an interesting point about how video games can save the world. So, do you, or would you, no, let me, let me rephrase that. You are, imagine the following, okay? I've busted out that question in a while, so it, it, it is time to do it again. I'm sorry that I throw these oddball questions at you, but... But you're a good, uh, willing victim. <laughs> Imagine the following scenario. You are at the United Nations. You are there to speak on behalf of all video games. What would you tell the United Nations about video games? Boy, you're really going out full swing with this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would I tell the United Nations about video games? Uh, I'm not honestly not sure. That's not something I can just. I, that's not something that I can just say out in like in the moment. That's something I have to really think about because whatever I say in front of the United Nations has to be something very important. Um, as for. What I might want to focus on, perhaps, is kind of to raise the idea of video games as an art form, not just as a business practice, not just as a market, but kind of like an experience that people can have. That will probably be my focus to show that video games are more than just a couple of controllers and a budget. Okay, I I think that's that's a good thing though. That that's that's still a good answer. But you you actually. Uh, put at least your topic out what you want to talk about. Okay, do, do you have any famous last words for the audience before we wrap it up? Any famous last words? Um, I guess it would be stay safe, pilots. Okay, you heard it. Stay safe, pilots. Play Aerostrike, Strike, it's an itch.io, and I have been the Orcasaurus. You can find me uh, on Twitch. You can find me on all social media platforms as the Orcasaurus. If you want to support the Orcacast, you can do that via Patreon. And I bid you all a farewell and say bye-bye. Bye-bye.